freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. GOP Josh is a young conservative influence with a lot of power. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the Conservative Crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome. This is the Conservative Crusader, GOPJosh.com. Glad to be with you all today as always. Our phone number, our Patreon.com slash GOP Josh phone number is 57GOPJosh7. That's 574-675-6747 for those who prefer your phone number to have numbers in them. And for those who like the letters, it's 57GOPJosh7. On this Friday, January 19th, year of our Lord 2024, joining us in about 20 minutes is going to be Satish Kelly, your candidate for State Central Committee. Here in the state of Ohio, running against Laura Rosenberger, who is a longtime member of the committee, as seen as kind of a a leader of conservatives, Satis will tell us why that isn't the case around 20 minutes into the program. So we appreciate you all listening tonight, tuning in all over the nation, wherever you are. And if you like the content you're hearing and you're a common listener, you want to support the show, patreon.com slash GOP Josh for as little as $3 a month. If you're listening live on X Spaces, you can request to speak. We'll bring you in at the top of the segment as I call in. All right, so let's hop into the news today, starting off with Alec Baldwin, who is our least favorite Trump impersonator. There's a lot of good, a lot of good Trump impersonators out there. Alec Baldwin is not one of them. Uh, so he is also a murderer. A very bad way to lead into that, but I, I, I just wanted to mention the Trump impersonation. Uh, charged par- prosecutors had charged him again with involuntary manslaughter. After he was indicted by a grand jury Friday in the fatal shooting of cinematographer Hala, uh, Hal, Halnya Hutchinson, or Hutchins, on the set of Rust in 2021, Hutchins was shot and killed on the Rust set during a rehearsal of a scene after a gun Baldwin was holding discharged. Baldwin was charged with involuntary manslaughter, negligent, uh, negligent use of a firearm, involuntary manslaughter without due cause or circumspection. His lawyers say they look forward to their day in court. Our clients has always sought the truth about what happened on that day that she was tragically killed in October 2021, the Hutchins family lawyer told Fox News Digital. They continue to seek the truth in our civil law uh, lawsuit for them, and there would like to be accountability in the criminal justice system. The grand jury has decided that there is sufficient evidence to indict Alec Baldwin on the charge of involuntary manslaughter. We are looking forward to the criminal trial, which will determine if he should be convicted for the untimely death of her. 
who was the cause of our clients, uh, the sister and the coworker of the client, etc. Uh, Baldwin's wife was spot exiting their New York City apartment alone hours after the new indictment was announced. Baldwin was originally charged. Charges were dropped in April of last year. At the time, the prosecutor claimed new facts had been revealed that required further investigation. The special prosecutors noted the inquiry and forensic analyst that required could be completed before the start of Baldwin's scheduled preliminary hearing. So here's the thing for those in MAGA world celebrating about this. First of all, we shouldn't celebrate about the criminal justice system doing their job. That's their job. We shouldn't celebrate that. Uh, but also, you can't be a member of the MAGA movement, of the Trump movement, of the Republican Party, and celebrate this while not saying that Trump's guilty for being indicted in 90-some instances. Now, I'm not going to say these are two equal equal situations at all because they're not Trump's are completely irrelevant and Alec Baldwin's may be true but he has his day in court and I'm not going to defend him or stand up for him or anything but I think those who are celebrating this right away and already talking about how excited they are that he's being indicted are very short guided because we get so excited about the littlest things that we shouldn't be excited about and then it all comes crashing down and we burn because of it I'm not saying I, I want him to be a free man, but you really can't say that he is guilty and Trump's not after being indicted. Even if we know for a fact that he shot the fatal bullet that killed this woman, you cannot say they are the same thing. And we are going to catch, like Laura Loomer, she's a great, a great investigative journalist in my opinion. Uh, she's done a lot of good things, some that are not so good. She's already celebrating he's being indicted. Like you, you can't do that at this point. Right, You have to wait for there to be due process in the system. I believe it should have been long done before this, knowing he is a murderer and he's walking on the streets. But, you know, that's besides the point. So, let's talk about Peter Navarro. He is a Trump advisor, also talking about the criminal justice system because he is being mistreated by the criminal justice system. They're trying to put him in jail which I'm not really surprised by uh, at all. So Peter Navarro, I don't really know what he did for President Trump. I'm sure this article from the Daily Caller News Foundation will tell us. Um, I know him as a member of the Trump team and a member of Steve Bannon's war room. And uh, that's my only interactions with Peter Navarro and my connections with him and, and my understanding of who he is is through Steve Bannon's War Room. I used to be a huge fan, used to watch it every day. Fun fact, I don't really listen to much commentary anymore now that I do the show because I notice the more I, commentary I listen to, the worse I do because I try to replicate those that are on the radio. And we're not quite there yet. Uh, so the Department of Justice argued Thursday that Peter Navarro, previously a trade advisor, see, I told you to tell us, to former President Donald Trump should, select, uh, should face six months in jail and pay $200,000 for failing to comply with the January 6th Select Committee subpoena. Prosecutors wrote in their sentencing memo Thursday that Navarro uh, exacerbated the assault of the rule of law that occurred on January 6th by flouting the subpoena, sitting that his bad faith strategy of defiance and contempt deserves severe punishment. Navarro was indicted on contempt of Congress charges in June 2022 after he declined to testify during his deposition and did not produce the documents requested by the select committee. The defendant, like the writers at the Capitol, put politics, not country first, and stonewalled Congress's investigation. Assistant U.S. Attorney Elizabeth Aoli wrote in the memo, the defendant chose allegiance to former President Donald Trump over the rule of law, even after being apprised by the executive privilege, would not excuse his default. 
Six months is at the top of the sentencing range for the contempt of Congress, the memo notes. Trying to go as far and as extreme as possible to prove a point. If this happens, if this goes down where Peter Navarro is put in cuffs for six months and charged $200,000 because he wouldn't comply with the unselect committee looking into January 6th, we better do the same thing to Hunter Biden. We better sentence him for six months in jail, $200,000, as far as we can push it. I am tired of Republicans being walked over by the left. We did it in the in the continuing resolution. Motion to vacate Speaker, uh, Speaker Johnson. I, I almost called him McCarthy. They're the same person. Motion to vacate him now. Because we get walked over by the left. Republicans won't get blamed if there's a shutdown. Biden will. Biden's the president. Everything falls on the blame of the president. I'm not saying I want us to shut down, but we should not have a continuing resolution after the whole reason you're in the job is because of a continuing resolution. Like, get it together, man. Figure out what you're doing and get your caucus on board for what you want to get pushed through as a Republican conservative, not as a Democrat in Republican clothing. Push it together and get it together. And the Republican caucus, the Republican people behind this that are backing the CR, there's a list of them, and I could almost go through them all, but I feel like I'd be wasting five minutes of my airtime. All need primary challengers. All need someone to take them down. All need someone to try to run against them and find a different job for them because they shouldn't be in this position. And we'll have that list for you after the break for those who are notable. Um, we'll be right back after this here on the Conservative Crusader, GOPjosh.com. If you're in the spaces, want to call in, make sure you request now so we can get you on before the next segment. We'll be right back after this, GOPjosh.com. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader brought to you by our friends over at Fiverr, the world's largest marketplace that offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform, translation services, logo design, voiceover. I just put my voice on there. I have a, I have a good voice. <laughs> Whatever you might need, you can find over at Fiverr. The link for that is Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R dot G-O-P Josh dot com. Make sure you put that G-O-P Josh in there. Put my name in there. Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R dot G-O-P Josh dot com. If it asks at checkout, make sure G-O-P Josh sent you is in that little box. And I promised you after the break, and thank you Fiverr for supporting the program, Fiverr dot G-O-P Josh dot com. I, I promised you a list of Republicans that backed the CR. This is from the Bill Blaster app, which is Steve Bannon. A lot of talk on Steve Bannon. Uh, Steve Bannon's producer, Grace Chong's new app on Apple. I encourage you all to download it, and I have, and I use it. 107 Republicans voted for this CR. Now, this is an Ohio-centric program. We have a member of the Ohio candidate list joining us in about six minutes or so, so stay tuned for that. Troy Balderson. Mike Carey. Johnson, not Johnson. Yeah, Johnson. Bill Johnson. Uh, Dave Joyce. I think it's Dave. I don't know anymore. Uh, Brad Winstrip are all Republican Ohioans that voted for this bill. Burgess Owens. I think it's his first name. Um, obviously, the speaker voted for it. This is a, a long list, some of which are actually decent conservatives, most of which are not, but all need to find new jobs. Mike Garcia, we've fought tooth and nail to keep that seat for Mike Garcia. 
over how many years now. He's in a deep blue seat. I encourage him to hold on to that seat if he's going to do the right thing for our party, and we shouldn't keep investing money in him if he's not going to. Um, Garbarino, one of them that was backing the George Santos at removal. Mike Lawler, I'm sure, is on here. He's not. Oh, yes, he is. Okay, there he is. Letlow, who is only in that seat because her, her husband passed away and he was the person elected to that seat, so she decided to carry on the banner. That's honorable. We should find someone else to, to hold that seat now. Um, Crenshaw, of course, just a, a bunch of slimy rhinos, and I'll put the link to this photo in the show notes below. You can find that if you're listening on the podcast right beneath the podcast. There's going to be a Twitter link. Uh, you can listen over or check it out over there. And if you want to catch the podcast, if you miss it any minute of the show, you can go to gopjosh.com to do that. So the New York Young Republicans Club, we, we cover them a lot. They do a lot of great, great work. They are filing an amnicus brief against insurrection hoaxers moving to keep Trump off the ballot. This is from the great, patriotic, fantastic National Pulse news organization, which is... Uh, Raheem Kassam's operation, and I encourage you all to follow that. Support them. If you don't want to support this show because we're three times a week, support the National Pulse because of all the work they do. It's incredibly important. And Raheem Kassam is a great patriot fighting for Trump and fighting for this country. Uh, so the increasingly influential New York Young Republicans Club will file an amnicus brief to the U.S. Supreme Court on Thursday, opposing the moves across several U.S. states to keep President Donald J. Trump off the ballot for the 2024 election. Gavin Wax told the National Pulse exclusively, activist judges in the Colorado Supreme Court engaged in an unprecedented contortion of the English language to satisfy their political ends. Our amnicus brief demonstrates that the authors of the 14th Amendment narrowly tailored the scope of its restrictions. The Colorado Supreme Court's unprecedented actions relies on modern and colloquial usage of precise verbiage, showing how desperate they are to satisfy left-wing activists at the expense of justice. In the show notes below, the whole amnicus brief is linked. And it was provided by Raheem Kassam and Gavin Wax, of course. Uh, so here's portion of it. Someday, perhaps sooner than President Trump's political opponents may realize, their misguided interpretation of the insurrection clause will work against them. Armed with a weaponized insurrection clause, partisan officials, Democrat and Republican alike, particularly in states overwhelmingly controlled by a single party, will find so-called evidence that disqualified despised political opponents from the ballot for having engaged in insurrection against the United States, and the process will be repeated ad infinitum. Infinitum. I can almost talk. I can almost... The, the hardest part about doing the show is having to learn how to speak English, which is very fun. Uh, lawyer Ed Paltix told the National Pulse President Trump's opponents have come to a conclusion that terrifies them. If the 2024 election is conducted fairly, he will win and return to the White House. This will bring their Marxist America last woke agenda to a screeching halt. They will try anything, including misuse of this clause. We are honored and proud to team with Gavin Wax and the National Constitutional Law Union on this amicus brief supporting President Trump. I love when I can report on a story talking about so many friends of mine, which is just, it's, I talk a lot about this, and this is my show, so you can turn it off if you don't like this part of it. Uh, and uh, and Satis Kelly, who's joining us in about three minutes, is one of those um, people that I met through this journey of mine. That's just been so incredible and so helpful through everything. Uh, Gavin Wax, Raheem Kassam, uh, Ben Geller on the New York Young Republicans board, Nathan, I uh, can't remember his last name right now. Uh, all of them are so welcoming, so supportive. Vishbura, uh, they're, they're all, uh, Paul and Gracia, they're all so fantastic at what they're doing for President Trump and for this country. 
They woke. I, I'm a new guy on the scene. These people have been doing this stuff for since 2016. I've only been doing this for about a couple years now. They're welcoming me in with, with open arms. Uh, George Santos, I believe, is or was a member of the New York Young Republicans Club. Right? They're all just so patriotic. They care about this country. They care about President Trump. They care about what we're going to have a future to go into because they're young Republicans. And they really hold the definition of young. They're not 40 years old holding on by one year of eligibility to the New York Young Republicans Club. No, they are young people. Uh, I don't. I doubt it'll tell me when I Google it how old Gavin Wax is, and it doesn't. But he's not, he's not young, or he's not, he, he is young, he's not crazy old, uh, he is a, a strong patriot with one of the largest young Republicans group in the, the oldest and the largest young Republicans group in the nation, and they really do great work over there, and I, I'm so excited when they're doing big things like this, and I'm cheering them on from afar, and I just can't wait for next year's gala, because I will be there. So Tim Scott is going to endorse Donald Trump. Say what you want about Tim Scott. He is a senator from South Carolina. I actually encouraged a primary opponent to run against them, and I tried very hard to get Tim Swain to run against in that race. Didn't work. He ended up dropping out and going for a statehouse seat instead. Tim Scott is set to endorse President Donald Trump on Friday evening during a campaign event in Concord, New Hampshire. So when you're listening to this program, it's probably already happened. He's flying on the Trump Force One tonight. Uh, So the... 2024 hopefuls that have endorsed President Trump so far that have dropped out, Vivek Ramaswamy, Doug Burgum, Larry Elder, a radio personality, and Michigan businessman Perry Johnson. really thought Perry Johnson would hop into Michigan in that Senate race. Um, Tim Scott is really endorsing Trump is a good thing for Trump, but it is a slap in the face to Nikki Haley, which is almost better. Uh, The only reason Tim Scott's in the Senate is because he was the appointee by Nikki Haley while she was governor of South Carolina. They're obviously from the same state. And the the general assumption was whoever's polling better, or at least public assumption, whoever's polling better will drop out first, and then it will be continued, and, and the one polling better will stick in the race, and they'll get the endorsement of the other one. That's why they were both in there. They both wanted to be president. Uh, now it's gotten to the point where Tim Scott's endorsing the, the winner of the primary. And the amount of DeSantis people over this week that have came out wrote op-eds, wrote opinions, everything, uh, saying, hey, we need to have Trump as our nominee because obviously he won Iowa in a 98 out of 99 county landslide. He's going to be our nominee. Let's just back him, right? And that's really the the MAGA way to go about it. And and, and the people still backing DeSantis. He's going to get 5%. He honestly might be passed by Ryan Blink- uh, Binkley in New Hampshire, which is going to be embarrassing. And it will be a, a complete kill of his campaign. I respect Ryan Binkley because he's running. But if your campaign, if you're an actual serious campaign with serious money behind you and you're losing to Ryan Binkley, just drop out now. Just get out. Just stop the pain. Um, and DeSantis should do that and make it a two-person race, you could say, but it's really a one-person race and it's Donald Trump. And I've reported that since 2022. And I feel like a broken record having to repeat it every single day. But that's where we're at at this point is they're begging for someone else. They're begging for a replacement. The establishment, the Democrats, that's why Democrats are voting in New Hampshire's primaries, are begging for someone that's not President Trump as our nominee. We cannot let that happen. After the break, Satise Kelly, candidate for State Central Committee, joins us now. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader, GOPjosh.com, brought to you by brought to you by Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader.
Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Joining us now is a grassroots conservative activist here in the state of Ohio, candidate for state central committee for the Republican Party in the 10th district, Satise Kelly, S-E-T-Y-S, the number four Ohio.com. Mrs. Kelly, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing just fine, trying to stay warm on this chilly day. Oh, it is chilly and snowy and it's just all over the place. Uh, So before we get into your race, I want to ask you, what is your background outside of politics and why did you decide to run for state central committee? Well, I have a college degree where I'm a major in social work and a minor in criminology. I worked for a while in the uh, mostly in the children's services type areas, children's homes, things like that. And then I uh, took some time off to raise my children, but I don't like to sit around. So I started my own catering business. I worked on some zoning issues for our township and tried to get myself involved in the school board, uh, you know, just trying to stay busy there. So I catered for like 15 years and then uh, became a substitute teacher once my kids went to school. And after that, I became a sales rep where I drove all over the state of Ohio and Kentucky representing manufacturers like pop sockets and warmies and some home decor, things like that. And I lost my job due to COVID. And that's what really lit the fire under me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I didn't know you were a pop sockets rep. That's kind of cool because I've used those for like years. So that's <laughs> kind of a, a full circle moment here. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's they're kind of old school now, but there for a while they were pretty hot. Yeah. Uh, so you have some grassroots experience here in the state of Ohio. That's actually how we met uh, when you were working for Mark Pukita's campaign. Uh, what yes. is your What is your uh, experience in grassroots here in Ohio? Who did you work for? How will this experience and the connections you've made help you serve on State Central Committee? Well, I started out, believe it or not, on the Blystone campaign. um, And I saw where that was going pretty quick. That was my first political experience, and it was an experience. And then Mark Paquita came on the scene. I had asked him already a few questions over in Strongsville during a Q&A. And I liked his answers. I actually liked his answer about COVID. And that's why I decided to work with him. And so I was a regional um, person with him, met a lot of people. I go to a lot of events, uh, four or five days a week, nights, weekends, Um, you know, just to see what's going on because we have to be active. You and I are part of that uh, top 1% that knows what's going on. And it's our job to always know what's going on and then to educate the voters throughout the state. Because I don't think that people are aware enough of how these systems work and how the people work and, uh, yeah, we've, we've got to get them to even start voting in the primaries. People don't vote in a primary, and then they complain 
because they have the same candidates. You know, why are we always voting on this candidate? Doesn't anybody else run against him? And it's like, yeah, three people ran against him in the primary, but you didn't vote. Right. Yeah, and it's fun. You mentioned events. I don't travel nearly as much as you do, but I do travel quite a bit, at least around the Columbus area. And I'm like, okay, we're going to walk in see some new people. First people I see are Hayden Ferguson and Satise Kelly sitting right here. As soon as I walk in the door at pretty yep. much any place I go, y'all are all over the place. Uh, so, yeah, but so- I, I, I make fun of him. I tell people he's my driver. <laughs> um, but yeah, we do, we do go to a lot of things. And that's how you find out a lot of things. That's how you educate yourself. Um, I've been to every state central committee meeting except for one in the last two and a half years. So you're able to meet a lot of people through that. You actually get to see the dynamics and all of the uh, players and how they work and how they interact on a personal level as opposed to what the public sees. Yeah, and and there's not a lot of openness with those meetings. They try to, like, I'm not even informed of when they're going to happen until about before they happen and then where it's going to be last time. I was doing a live stream here on this show for it, and I wasn't told where it was. I showed up in Lewis Center when it's in downtown Columbus, which is a 20-minute drive, and so. Right, right. I found out at the last minute that it was going to be held there in Columbus instead of in Lewis Center, and yeah, it's not a big thing that they announce. Um, I understand they're having a meeting on Zoom here shortly. Uh, which just basically means the public won't be involved or be able to see it. Yeah. Um, the meetings are open, but like you said, you got to find out when they are before you can attend them. Right, and that's part of the reason we do what we do here on the show, live streaming everything. So let's talk about your opponent, really, and I encourage everyone to go there because actually having people in the room builds a lot of pressure. I think they felt that during the Trump endorsement during the December meeting was the amount of people that were there supporting yes. the endorsement and the applause that happened after the fact. Uh, so, so your opponent has been on committee for a while now, uh, and she mm-hmm. served as kind she's, of the public uh, face. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, she's been on for a few terms, yes. Yeah, and she was kind of the public face, so to speak, of the anti-DeWine pro-accountability wing there for a while through 2022. Um, so what changed and what made you decide to challenge Mrs. Rosenberger at this point? Well, I had thought about it two years ago when she ran because she is from my local county party here in Clark County. Um, we have had in our county some difficult times with Mrs. Rosenberger. And I could tell you this story for three hours because I've been living it for a year and a half. But basically, you know, they say uh, power corrupts, and that's exactly what has happened here. Uh, she's more concerned about what's beneficial for Laura Rosenberger than being concerned about what's beneficial for my constituents or my fellow Republican members of a party. Uh, November 2nd, the Central Committee here in Clark County got together and held a vote where they removed uh, Mrs. Rosenberger as the executive chairman, and they also removed William Lindsay as the chairman for the Central Committee. So those are the two branches of government, if you will, that govern the party in your local county. And Mrs. Rosenberger refuses to leave. I mean, if 75% of the people who I served for voted me out, I would have left before they took a vote. Mm -hmm. 
Right. I mean, the writing was on the wall for her, but, um, you know, she's forging ahead. She's, frankly, it's going to end in court. I, I just know it is because she will not give up. And uh, we are waiting for a final nod, if you will, from the state central committee, which is one of their functions. Uh, according to the Ohio Revised Code, it's their duty to determine who is the correct party within each county and who actually is the representatives for the Republican constituents. And so I have a question about that vote. I don't know the details entirely. I, I had Christina Caramo, chairwoman of the Michigan Republican Party, on the program a couple weeks ago, and they held a special vote to remove her. She's saying yes. that vote wasn't legitimate. Is this the same situation here? Or was this a regular meeting where it, it came up in regular business? It is the exact same situation here. Now, we had regular business attempts where we tried to rein her in, if you will, and tell her, you know, we don't appreciate the way you're running things. You're not letting people speak. Uh, you're not listening to anyone. You're not letting people volunteer just any number of things. If you stood up to speak according to parliamentary procedure, she would just keep banging the gavel until you sat down and didn't talk anymore. Uh, that's that's not a good leader, not right. a good leader at all. Um, so, yeah, it's the same thing that, that happened in Michigan. I guess these people, you know, they have illusions of grandeur, if you will, or some, some type of psychological break that they don't get the hint that they're not wanted any longer. Yeah, and, and that's all these situations are, are so hard to follow if you're not actually in the room. So I appreciate your intel on that as well. Uh, so let's stop talking about your opponent because this is about you. <laughs> if you were elected to the Central Committee, I know it's a four-way primary. Uh, yes, it is. What are your top goals on the committee and how will you achieve what's going to happen uh, on the committee? Because I know there's a lot of different jobs. A lot of people don't actually know what goes on. Uh, so, so what are your goals there? So my goal, first off, is to not alienate the entire room when I walk in the door. Uh, yes, I know that we have some rhinos and I know we have some establishment people and we've got some people that are really dug in and they don't think anybody is a Republican except for them. And my position is to try to unify these people. And that's a big big goal. I mean, that's a lofty goal. That's not something to do in the first 30 days. But I guarantee if you sit down and you talk, you have more in common together as a group than you do separately. Um, Democrats stick together, regardless of what the agenda is, regardless of what the mantra is, the Democrats stick together. And the Republicans have got to start doing that, have got to start finding some type of common ground before they continue to alienate all of our voters. So that's one thing that I want to do. And the most important thing that I want to do, and I will continue to do it, I've started it now, and I'll continue to do it even if I'm not elected, and that is to educate the public, educate the everyday voter. I just had a company, well, I guess it's a group, it's not necessarily a company, called the Leadership Institute. And I hosted them here in Ohio, great group, in Green County. I, I'm sad I, I missed that, but they are a great group. Yes, they are a wonderful group, and they have very high standards. But they came in and taught us a lot about uh, how to advocate and how to campaign for the issues that we want to win. You know, we lost issue one twice from the Republican standpoint. 
but they covered a lot of the fine points, taught a lot of things on how a executive committee runs and how a central committee runs and who holds the power. Um, a lot of people are, oh, the executive committee, they're, you know, top boss, boss hawk. Well, the executive committee would not be there if the central committee didn't vote them into power. So actually, the central committee has the most power in your county. And the job of the executive committee is to raise funds for the party and to grow the party and then to help candidates get elected. So actually, I'm sitting here and I forgot what the question was. How sad is that? Because I can talk I can talk for hours. It's not intentionally that I'm avoiding the question. And, and but, you've um, hit most of it. What, what are your top goals? And then how are you going to achieve what you want to do? So how are you uh, going to bring yeah, people together? Yeah. So I had those people in there. And then I've got a group coming in on June the 30th. And it's all about election integrity, how to check the voter rolls, how to get involved in legislation and write legislation that will support free and fair elections. Um, a lot of different dynamics to that. So there's a group election integrity out of central Ohio. I'm going to have them here. And then I also started my own club here in Clark County called the Clark County Conservative Club. And we are strictly education. We have people in from the Liberty Institute and um, Moms for Liberty I'm trying to think of who all we've had in. We've had Planned Parenthood people in, just a whole gambit of people to educate and to find out and ask the real questions from the people who are experiencing these things that we complain about every day. I did not uh, know about that club, so I appreciate you bringing that on my radar. I, I, I see all your Facebook posts, but I guess I've, I've missed those. Uh, so I'll yeah. have to come out sometime for that. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. And, and like I said, it's a whole different group of people. Sometimes it's people that really know or, you know, like us, the 1%. And sometimes it's just a mom that wants to know why her school is going crazy and what she can do about it. Well, that's very interesting. It's Satisse Kelly's on the line with us. That's all I have for question-wise. Take about a minute or two. How can people support your campaign, find you online? If they have a question for you, what can they ask? All that fun stuff. Okay, well, I'm on Twitter at S E. T-Y-S-001. My website, of course, is www.setys, the number four, Ohio, O-H-I-O.com. They can donate through Venmo at Satis for Ohio, S-E-T-Y-S for Ohio, or they can hit me up on Facebook. My Facebook page, I have two. My personal page is Satis, S-E-T-Y-S, Combs, as my maiden name, C-O-M-B-S hyphen Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, or I have Satis for, F-O-R, Ohio State Central Committee. And they can look me up there if they are old school, like I am a lot of times. I want to mail a check. Just go ahead and send me a text or send me a message and I'll give you my home address and you can send a check out. So are you reading off those or is that all your, on top of your head for all those plugs? That was very well done. 
<laughs> just, oh, just that, that was off. That was off the top of my head. So if I screwed it up, I'm sure someone's going to tell me about it. <laughs> that was very well done, uh, Mrs. Kelly. Anything else you want to say to to the listeners tonight? No, I well, you know, I want to tell people probably don't get discouraged. Don't let the naysayers get you down. It's none of your business what people say about you. You carry on as long as you're doing what's right and working with people. You'll be just fine. Absolutely. Satise Kelly, thank you for joining us tonight. Thanks, Josh, and have a great day. You too. We'll be right back after this on The Conservative Crusader. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey, everyone, it's Joe Josh. We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Satise Kelly, candidate for state central committee over in the 10th district. I didn't actually ask her where her district covered. I know it's a three counties. Let me get those for you, and then we will talk about those and, and where she's actually running to represent. Uh, I believe it's going to be Clark, Green, and Fairfield counties, but I'll, I'll double-check for you there before the end of the program, and we'll get that information uh, for you. So the DeSantis team ran the worst campaign in American history. That is according to an op-ed released in Politico, which I find really interesting uh, because this has been my take for for years. <laughs> this has been my take since last year when his top campaign uh, communications lady was arguing with me on Twitter. Right? I, just a little on me. What did I do wrong? Um, so we're going to get into this a little bit. And I think it's a funny story. Uh, and by the way, those counties are going to be Clark Green and it looks like Clinton counties is where she's covering in her election. Uh, so if you're in those counties, make sure you vote or may- maybe vote for her, but make sure you you sub- check out her campaign. Tim Pontley's and Scott Walker's presidential campaigns can breathe a sigh of release. The mantle of worst Republican presidential campaign ever has been lifted off their soldiers, sold shoulders stolen by the crew that ran Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's campaign into the dirt. As usual, revolutionist histories are being written even before the candidate has been officially buried, with the Santa staffers apologist offering a variety of nonsensical, uh, nonsensical explainer, uh, explanations. However, we need no gossip from the inside sources to understand what happened. The debacle played out in broad daylight. To start, at the beginning of 2023, Ronda Santos was in first place ahead of Do- Donald Trump. His super PAC raised more money than any campaign, including President Trump's campaign. The billionaire class gushed over to Santos, promising to spend whatever it would take to vanquish the former president. They had no strategy. Their strategy was to Trump minus. Trump minus the the apology. Or minus the opinions. Anyone who tries to intimidate Trump will fail. There is no one like the Donald. 
Plagiarized reproductions will always be sniffed out and discarded as inauthentic pretenders, but the DeSantis problems ran deeper. So the the setup is great for DeSantis, right? And this, this opinion is getting into that. The Florida governor is doing a great job. So, so what's wrong with this guy? The candidate did not match the hype. He is a politician. He is a socially awkward introvert, a nerd. <laughs> he described him as a nerd, which was a problem since voters tend to be people. The campaign rollout didn't help DeSantis' images at all. Obviously, they had the original launch on Twitter. And then, well, their, their lady argued with me on Twitter a day later. The first impression is major, and they had so much money to weigh, so much talent on the staff. They were well people. They had a lot of big people. Jeff Rowe was on the campaign, uh, but he loses every race he touches. Adam Laxalt, Carla Sands, Dave McCormick, Jim Lamont, George Santos, Martha McSally, Arizona twice. He, he's the losing guy, and, and you back him. They had Christina Pujol. They had you know Steve Dace, who is a, a washed-up radio host for The Blaze, who I don't think anyone listens to anymore. Uh, he's just, he, they, they had the, the, the best and the brightest people. President Trump has, you know, Stephen Chang and Susie Wilds and Brian Jack and Jason Miller and all these great patriots that have a lot of campaigns under their belt, a lot of strong conservatism under their belt. All these things that, that, that Christina Pushaw, who's a foreign national or foreign agent, whatever the term is, that doesn't have all the things that Brian Griffin doesn't have and the Max Nordau fake account that doesn't have. Uh, all these things President Trump does have, and I, I find that incredibly, incredibly important in a candidate. And a lot of the things is I was one of the people championing on DeSantis in 2021, but he, he's not who it was washed up to be. Uh, so Nancy Mace, before we get to the end of the program for the week, I want to get this in before the end of the week. Uh, Dan Hanlon is going to run for Mace's seat. Uh, Nancy Mace is supposedly very creepy with her staff. Um, and a lot of her ex-staffers are helping Dan Hanlon's campaign. There are many ex-staffers of hers in his uh, staff. And, and so I guess we'll follow that race as well. It's going to be really close. A lot of her staff dropped off. I believe we, we reported on the program that one of George Santos's former staffers is working for her now. I mean, she is doesn't have a lot of the OGs left with her. And if a primary is being backed by a lot of her former staffers, we're going to have a lot of dirty... Uh, dirty things coming out from that campaign. We're going to hear a lot of personal accusations, a lot of mudslinging, a lot of a lot of bricks throwing, all that fun stuff from both sides. And it's really going to go far, and it's going to be really, really entertaining. I have to say that. Uh, so we're going to follow that campaign for you as well, as we do all the campaigns and everything that we can. Listen, this segment's going to be cut a little bit short today because we did have that long interview with Satis Kelly. So we're going to hop off here for just a little bit. We'll be back Monday, my friends. That'll be the 22nd of, yeah, twenty. I have a calendar up on my wall. The 22nd of January. Before we forget, however, is we need to promote the event. On the 23rd in Madison County, Ohio, I will be speaking at the Madison County Republican Women's Club. Go to my, pardon me, go to my X page. It's just now retweeted. So you can go check Pardon me, I'm hiccuping all over the place. Check out the information, check out there, be there or be square. You can find the RCP, the dates, the times, the location, all that fun stuff over there on my X page, x.gopjosh.com, x.gopjosh.com. And until next week, my friends, Friday, January 20, or Monday, January 22nd, Anno Domini, Year of Our Lord. If you don't know what that means, it's Latin. I think it's Latin. I'm all over the place now. 
We'll be back with you on Monday. Stay safe, stay healthy. If you're driving in Ohio right now over the past uh, the next couple days, be safe. And we'll be back with you all on Monday. We'll, have a great night, America. We'll see you all very soon. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 